Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. There's, a, there's some in the audience right now that are bruised and battered. They went to war yesterday. It was intense. It was crazy. It was, uh, if, you, if you haven't gone and paintballed before, Next time we go, I'd encourage you, you think it hurts? It does. (laughs) It stings? Absolutely. Does your body ache for a week? Of course. And that's what makes it fun right there. Now, had a a great time out there, and uh, I think everyone made it back (laughs) almost in one piece, which is great. Um, Worshiping the king, right? Boy, we've got to see Jesus as a king first, huh? I mean, we've got to be like that. He is the king, right? That means uh, in, our, in our, you know, representative republic of the United States of America, right, we're going, what, what do you mean a king? We're a, we're a representative republic, right? I mean, we, we vote people in to go and put our say in in order to, you know, make decisions as a nation that we'll all agree with which never works, by the way, right? I mean, but it's that idea of we're used to something um, that really, as a country, it's, it's great. I wish we were more grateful for that, honestly, at times. You know, it's, it's funny uh, because it's easy to be grateful for it when all the decisions are going your way and it's really tough to be not for it when they aren't gone. But you know what? It's really, man, we, God has blessed us with the freedom to be able to open our Bibles and to be able to to vote and all of these different things, okay? But when we're talking about a king, we got to erase all that. Like, we got to get all that. No, no, no more CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. We're talking about a king who gets to decide this is how it's going to be, all right? Now, the great thing, though, is, is Jesus is like no other king. That, that's the good news, right? When you, when you think of kings, when you think of czars, when you think of rulers, Right? These are most often people who are selfish and, and use people for their own good and oppress and all of these things. And to see that Jesus is the opposite type of king, right? The opposite, a king that gives his life and a king that is like, let me lavish all these good things. A king that is, that is patient and a king that is peaceful and all of these things. So when we remember, because there's that side of it, when we think of a king, because I don't like when people tell me what to do. It's kind of in our nature, okay? Uh, but then there's this other, this other idea of going, but who is our king? Who's asking us to do this? Who's, you know, the king that's saying, listen, I have the way to freedom. Like, like the, the people are in captivity and, and King Jesus is saying, no, 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 but there's freedom, though, that I come to bring to you. And so that should be a really good, comforting but challenging at the same time, right? Because there's this tension that happens with all of us, right? And um, the Bible calls it different things. Like there's this battle between light and dark, right? There's this battle between sin and righteousness. There's this battle in many ways inside of us of, of 
wanting to do good, right? If we had a, just a survey of every church in America, let's say, and you were to ask questions, do, do you want to do good, right? Do, do you want to have a life that's pleasing to Jesus? Do you love God? Do you, that, you know, I think overwhelmingly people would be like, well, yeah, absolutely. And then at the same time, based on a lot of different surveys, most people sitting in churches on Sundays are incredibly dissatisfied with life. And they're very frustrated because there's this idea of, here's what I know what I want, and then here's how I live over here. And it's this struggle with sin, and right, and it's this struggle to overcome. And you want to know what? I, I know we think we can pick people out and go, man, they're just, they're rotten and they want to sin. But you want to know what? Most people don't want to. That, that re- Most people don't want to just be a jerk. Most people don't want to like be captive to a sin. Most people don't want that. All right. And oftentimes you can tell that when you ask somebody, would you want your child to have your life? If you're struggling, most people go, I don't want them to have this. Okay. And so we have this tension that all of us live in. And one of the things that can happen and get really um, tough is we can give in to this living in the idea of just what I want life to be like. Mm-hmm. Go, well, I want to love God, though. But, well, you're, you're out and you're, you know, living this life that's totally immoral and hateful and merciless. And you have all of this dysfunction going on. And oftentimes when we're approached with our own sin, me and you usually say, but, but I'm trying to do the right thing. But I want to do good. Almost like that we're expressing that tension. No, no, it should be good enough that I want to do this, okay? And here's where worship comes in, right? Because there's this tension, and we have to be very honest with ourselves because remember our very simple definition of worship is to bow down, all right? And not only physically, but in every aspect of our bowing down to something. So we come to this, and we're going, but I really, really, really want to do this. And then, but my life's a mess, and so I have to try to rectify this and, and, and we're trying to like figure it out and how can I better myself? And, and you want to know what all of us, when I say all of us, I mean an overwhelming part of our society, what the way we deal with this tension is let me go find like the self-help books, okay? And how, listen, if you want to make a lot of money and not even be a super good writer, write a self-help book, okay? For real, because it's like people are just desperately pulling things. Man, I remember going to the library and going, oh, there's got to be like the perfect one in here. And it's, they're speaking to me and people are buying books hand over fist to buy a self-help book to rectify this tension of why am I like I am? I want this, but I'm like this and I'm dissatisfied with life. But then I go to church and I hear people talking about how you should be joyful and peaceful and patient. And then I'm going, yeah, that would be great because I really want that. And then my life's a mess for six days. And then I go and there's this back and forth because we're trying to figure out how do I worship God, not just with what I want to do, but in actuality. Like, how do I really, really do that? And there's all kinds of these ways these 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 little these little nuggets of truth that God weaves through his Bible and one of them we started talking about last week we talked about confession right that that's believe me when it comes to this tension of what we want and reality this is not just kind of important it's absolutely necessary in this battle is this idea of confession very simple definition of confession just get open Make it clear, 
right? Be open, right? Just very simple. We're talking about worship, bow down. Okay, I'm having this tension. What do I need to do? We probably got a lot of stuff. Now, here's the deal. This is what I love. There, we, have a, we have a lot of folks in here. This is, a, this is the fabric of your life as a disciple, okay? This isn't some clunky kind of thing where you're going, oh, I need to go make an appointment and sit down and have this gut-wrenching talk. You've learned how to do this. You've learned how to, how to have relationships where this is just, you understand this isn't something you add on to your spiritual life. It's just a part of who you are as a disciple, all right? And we've, all, we've always got to get better at that, okay? Um, but then, but, you know, there's, there's usually different kind of groups among us, right? You have folks and you're just, you're cruising along and doing well. And the Bible teaches us, don't get prideful in that area because, you know, we want to keep growing. And then there's, you've been a disciple for a while and you've just stopped doing this. It's not a part anymore. It, it was one of those things where, where maybe as a young Christian, you felt guilty that you needed to do it. So you did it until you didn't have to do it anymore. Okay. And then there's some of you guys in here that you're going, I don't even know. Like I've never even tried. This is brand new to me. Okay. And so that's good news because there's a starting point can be right now. Okay. That's the really great news as we talk about this. So um, here's the interesting thing um, about this. Um, This isn't right. This isn't a quick fix. And that's tough for us to hear, I think. Not a quick fix. And, um, you know, isn't it great? You find it. YouTube's great for that. You know, you look up YouTube. You want to find a quick fix, go to YouTube. You like, you know, even that, um, what's that, what's that product that the guy has? And he like rows a boat over a, he's like on a screen board. It's like he's on a screen door and he's like rowing it. What is that? Flex seal, right? You're like, dude, that looks like it covers everything. You don't even have to repair anything. You know, I'm like, I don't have to fix the siding on my house. I don't, have to, I don't have to fix glasses that are broken. I just spray some Flex Seal on it. It's a quick fix. I don't know. I would love to try it if anybody in here has tried it. It looks awesome. It's a quick fix. This isn't that, okay? Um, here's the thing. This is, though, when we look at our lives, this is truly fulfilling, though. All right? And, and something that is worth doing, which is following Jesus, all right, requires us to, to put our heart into this. All right, that, that's really, we, we've got to have our heart all in, or this is just going to be something very clunky for us. Um, here, here's the other thing. We read last week, John 3, 19. Let's read that again, okay? Um, because it's, it's, it says a lot about us, um, and um, what we're going to talk about today um, is going to be about being honest with ourselves, okay? We, we, we read, and we've read, and, and know John 3, 16, That God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will receive eternal life. And unfortunately, that's become the tagline to a country that has completely left discipleship in the dust, (laughs) okay? Completely left repentance in the dust, completely left this. That This has become an answer to this tension of my life's a mess, but man, I can go to church on Sunday and feel okay about myself, okay? And we've destroyed this passage because sometimes we don't read any further than John 3, 16. And he says, here's the judgment. Jesus teaches this in verse 19. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil, okay? And I think when we're honest with ourselves, we, we recognize what that feels like, okay? We recognize, that, you know, maybe there's, People that are just born and they're like, I just love the light. I want, every, I want everything to be transparent and open. And that's fantastic, okay? 
I, I meet very few people. I'm not one of those people. All right? It says we love the darkness. You know what's interesting about the darkness? About secrets, about, about stuffing things, about not making things come out. You know what's interesting? Doesn't, it gives us a sense of control. Right? And to a world of control freaks like we are, what better tool to have than this thing of going, I have total control about what's inside of me. And I'm not telling anybody anything, okay? Except, remember, we looked at the history of confession. And we looked all the way from the beginning, you know, when, when oh, Adam and Eve, man, they messed up. And God's like, tell me what you did. Right? We see the prophets confessing. Right? We see people going out to John the Baptist, and they're just confessing their sin. And you're like, what? did he have a, what did we talk last week? Did he have like some kind of series they had to go through before they got into the Jordan River? No, people felt like, if I'm turning my life around, I'm getting this stuff out. Okay? There was just this thing. Jesus told a story about a prodigal son. Right? And you think, wow, the prodigal son really messed up his life and really went off on the deep end and all that kind of stuff. And the prodigal son comes to this conclusion. I'm going back to my dad. And you know what I'm going to say to him? All of these things. I'm just going to confess to him, right? And so there's this idea. This wasn't added in. This is something meant to be the fabric of discipleship, all right? This is something not just like, oh, let me, let me add this on, but it's just part of this, okay? Um, so, uh, so anyway, we have this right here. We, we do love darkness, okay? And it goes on. Um, For everyone who practices wicked things hates the life and avoids it, so that as deeds may not be exposed, but anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. All right, so, so what we're really talking about, big pictures, we're talking about we want God to be glorified. This is a great way for him to be glorified, right? Is this idea of, let me just get into the light and repent, and God's going to be glorified. And we've all experienced that. We have relationships going, man, I've seen that. I've seen that in my friends, and I've seen that in my life where, man, it was brought into the light, and there was repentance, and people were going, God is awesome. All right, so that's a, that's a little piece of it right here, okay? But let's be very clear about something. When you think of that, you go, okay, well, what am I supposed to confess? Because that's one of those words, it's archaic, it's outdated, it's, 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 it's a court of law word. Right? It, right? Right, it's one of those things. You never see that in television shows in a good way. It's always the guy with his arm behind his back or being tortured or something and confess and you're like, I don't ever want to do that. And then we hear, you know, the word of God, like going in and, and, and we're going, wow, I don't know if I, if I like this so much. So let's be very clear, right? We have some clear definitions on worship. We have a clear definition on confess of just to make open. Okay. But let's, about what? All right. I think the simple answer is that we all would say, well, I mean, the really big things. Name them for me, right? I mean, throw some really, really big ones out. I mean, we've got, I'll just start you out, murder, right? You're going, yeah, I think we would all agree, okay? Idolatry, sexual sin. Sexual morality, robbing, thievery, stealing. Uh, right, these ones are going, well, clearly, okay? So it makes us have to make some, some, clear, some clear definitions here, okay? We're going, okay, confess your sins to one another, all right? Confess your sins to one another. Okay, okay what, what is that sin? A lot of times uh, we define sin as everything that isn't what we're doing. <laughs> wow. 
Like we've justified our sin, and we're like, but other people have this. But let's look at a few things, okay? Look over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, okay? Because these are helpful. This is not, listen, this isn't, a, this isn't an exhaustive list. This isn't. Um, but, but it gives us an idea of what should I be open about? What should my relationships, my close relationships with brothers and sisters look like? What does confession look like as a fabric of my life? Is just part of this, the way we work. What does this look like when I'm not committing the huge sin, right? Oh, what should I? What does this mean here? 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, Paul writes, But know this, difficult times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what's good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and holding to a form of godliness but denying its power. He says, avoid these people. Wow. All right, that's a stunning statement from a missionary that's like, I want everyone to be saved. Okay, this is Paul going, I want the gospel preached everywhere. And he's going, hey, listen, these things right here will kill you. And if you're hanging around people that don't see the seriousness of this, believe me, you'll catch it as well. Okay, and so when we look at this, we're going, oh, I mean, we've, we, we already know like murder, sexual morality, all these things, but... but we look at this, um, lovers of self. Like, I, I love me more than I love anyone else. I'm about what I want. I'm about how I want it. So when things don't go my way, I make everyone's life miserable. That, we got to be open about that. Okay, and, and here's the deal is, usually when it's done like in a public forum, we're okay with that. But here's the real question. What happens behind closed doors? And I'm talking about at work. When no one at your work is going to come in here and say, well, so-and-so behaves this way. So-and-so is, you know, or at your home, when the door's closed at home, what's going on behind closed doors? You go, man, I'm just a selfish brute. Like, I don't, I don't help. I expect to be waited on. I don't know. I don't contribute. I don't encourage. I don't do any of those things. Man, that right there, it, that's something we need to be open. We need to make open to our brothers and sisters. All right? We, we've got to be thoughtful about this, okay? Is they'll be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. This is almost one of those things where it, it, in churches, it's almost like, no, no, don't talk about that because, see, churches in the past, they've exploited people for money. And so let's never talk about that. I want to ask you this. When was the last time you confessed about your use of money to a brother or sister? Like had that talk. Like, you want to know what? I'm spending my money like crazy. This is horrible. Man, I'm looking at my budget. Big picture here. And this is ridiculous because you want to know what? I don't ever. Man, there's no one I ever help with my money. But I have everything. Right? I mean, look, we need to look around us because I think there's some confession that's required of these things where Paul's saying, don't be around people like this. Yeah. All right? And we're going, hold on, but Keith, I didn't murder and I didn't do all. 
hold up now. Let's be real, okay? Because here's the definition of sin, if you want to get even more, like, simplified, okay? Sin, the Greek word, is just an archery term, right? It's just shooting an arrow, right? And it means to miss the mark. So this today, right? We're not even 24 hours into the day, right? We're 17 hours in. Have you hit the mark every single time today? And the mark is Jesus, okay? Let, let, let me remind The mark is Jesus. So you're like, every thought, every conversation, every interaction, every... You're going, man, you want to know what? We all... You, listen, we should feel okay. We're all on the same team now. All right? Because, see, here's what ends up happening. When it's just about these big, sporadic kind of crimes of passion and all that kind of stuff, well, then, like, you have some people that are feeling like, oh, man, I messed up all the time and I'm confessing. And then you have... The rest of the religious folks going, oh, man, I feel sorry for you for those big sins. And going, hold on a minute. Didn't we all miss the mark in these 17 hours? Yeah. Didn't we all? Don't we have something to go, you know what? I just don't feel good about how I behave today. I don't feel good about, man, I wasn't loving. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about, like, with being real and making open. Because here's ultimately big picture. If we want to worship God, this is going to have to happen. We've got to be in the light or we're going to be struggling in this area of going, I want to worship him, but I don't know why. And I don't know what the problem is. I don't know what the problem is. Well, it could be that we just weighed down with all kinds of junk in the dark, right? Um, when you look at this, I'm ungrateful. Without love for what's good. Okay. What do you think that means when you've stopped loving what's good? It's interesting. The world we live in is really, it's for the most part, repulsive. <laughs> it is. I mean, you look at it. We live in a college town. You know what's really easy to do? It's to go, man, you can go downtown in Clemson. It's cool. Thursday, Friday night, Wednesday night, Saturday night, whatever. You go downtown, there's all kinds of stuff. But no, no, I'm, I'm going to go down there, but I... I don't have to drink to go down there, but I can go down there and have a, and go, you know what, it doesn't even repulse me. I don't even care what's good that I see people doing around me. I don't care anymore because I'm free to do this. I'm free to go down as long as I don't get involved in what everyone else is doing. If you stop loving what's good, Right? You, you, we're just accepting, going, oh, yeah, man, they're all, they're, they're completely throwing their lives away, but I have the freedom to come down here. As long as I don't do that, we've got to love what's good. We've got to love what's good when it comes to entertainment. We've got to love what's good when it comes to relationships. We've got to love what's good. And sometimes we stop loving what's good for our own freedom. Okay. And so there's a number of things here, okay? Let's look over at Galatians chapter 5, okay? Just to the left, there's a number of things here. And again, this isn't like a total list, but here's one of the things I want you to think about is, Part of this process of confession, again, isn't this emotional response of let me run out and let me spew this out on somebody. It's actually being thoughtful. It's actually being thoughtful and thinking through. Because here's the deal is, is, is there, there's a number of us, man, you're super, super emotional. And you may go out and start like feeling guilty about things that you shouldn't even feel guilty about. Then somebody will go, hold up, really? No, you're, it's okay. You know, just slow down a little bit. And then there's, there's others, you're not emotional at all, and you're just like, I'm good. I don't have it. And somebody's going, no, actually, you're not. Come on, man, you need to, 
like get some time with somebody to do this. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, the flesh desires what's against the spirit. The spirit desires what's against the flesh. There's the battle right there, right? You have the spirit and you have the flesh. And it said, uh, uh, so that you don't do what you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you aren't under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual morality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, we know those. Sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension. You know, have you ever thought about that? Is just plain old dissension, just trying to make rifts in, in things, just trying to split people up. You know, and going, sometimes we're just like, no, man, that's, we, 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 that's okay as disciples, and it really isn't okay, right? It's this idea of, of is it envy, factions, drunkenness, anything similar? You know, a lot of these things can all be done in secret. So this is where the intellectual honesty and the truth has to come out. And God, you know what? No one would ever know this, but I have these intense outbursts of anger that I need help with. Help with. Or I have these, you know, and it, this is, you want to know what, man? This is when God taught us how to confess and taught us about confession. This was the reason. It, it's be he, Remember James 5? Confess your sins to one another and be healed. Isn't that a good thing? Okay. If you were ill, if you were significantly ill, if you had a disease and somebody said, no, you can come here and be healed. Wouldn't that be really good news? And you know, sometimes treatment is painful. Okay. And not just, I mean, you've got all kinds of like extensive life and death treatment. Okay. I mean, I was associated with the orthopedic side of things where it's like, okay, you come out of surgery and we just reconstructed your knee and the last thing you want to do is bend it. Okay, that's the last thing you want to do. In fact, you think if you bend your knee, it's going to explode right there, okay? And here's what I know, it won't. (laughs) Okay, it won't. And you can fight as much as you want against that, but what's best is that that knee bends as soon as possible. All right? And it's agonizing. (laughs) Okay, it's painful. And it's painful to watch, but you know what? I've seen people that don't get it, and they're debilitated their whole lives because they don't want to go through it. And then you see people, you want to know what? Sometimes treatment is tough. And the reason that, you know, the reason I could do it just as somebody who was taking them through rehab is because I knew their knee wasn't going to blow up. I knew this was good. I knew that after this, listen, you're not even going to remember this, okay? And so, you know, sometimes, yeah, I mean, Treatment can be painful here, okay? So um, just being very clear, if you're wondering, what do I talk to people about? What do I sit down and how does this become a part of my life? Well, put some thought into just starting out. Like, what is my life like in these areas? How's my anger? Right? Right? How am I treating the people around me that God's put around me? And not just the good folks that are easy to love, too. But how am I dealing with everyone that God puts in my life, okay? And this gives us a point to go, you know what? Let me get open about this. Man, I haven't been doing well, right? And and the goal isn't, listen, you don't have to walk up here and do it. Just have some relationships. This is the norm. Hey, man, I got to tell you, I just, I messed up in this today. I haven't been grateful. Wow, man, I need to, can you help me with that? Because that's a big deal. 
That's a really big deal here, okay? Um, what's the outcome, though? Again, we talked last week. If your, if your gospel worldview tells you you don't ever need to be open, if what you think you know about the Bible tells you never to be open, okay, then this message is just like, eh, I don't need all this, except when you read the Bible, you see it's absolutely necessary. Why? Here's the thing. Go over to James chapter 1, all right, because this is, this is one of those scriptures that should just be right there on the tip of our tongue, like understanding, all right, um, what is sin's ultimate goal? And not just the big ones. What is the ultimate, like the lifespan of ingratitude? What, what's ingratitude supposed to get you to? What, what, is, what is slander supposed to get you to? What is anger supposed to take us to, okay? And here's the thing. In, in James chapter 1, it's very simple. There's an end game to sin, right? James chapter 1, it says this. No one undergo, verse, I'm sorry, verse 13. No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God. For God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he's drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Okay, so it starts out as a desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. When sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. All right, you just, that's the life cycle here is this idea. We have a desire, it becomes sin. All right, so we have some desires. Maybe it starts out just, you know, oh, man, I'm just kind of all inward focused about me. And then it comes out with, with uh, being angry at other people, slandering people, you know, just not telling the truth, you know, building myself up and all this kind of stuff. And, and oftentimes we think that's no big deal. Except none of us would introduce something into our body that we would say this is going to grow for the next 10 or 15 or 20 years and ultimately kill you. Okay, no, none of us. We wouldn't do it. Say, here, put this in your body and know that it's going to grow. All right? It's almost like when we, when we stop thinking about this, we forget that, man, there's things that, that are thrown out there. There's things that get produced inside of us that we're actively going, it's fine. I don't think it will kill me. And, it's, and we're told in black and white, this is meant to kill you. All right? And so this is the reason going, wow, why do I open up why do i why do i worship why do i because man this is this thing it wants to kill me and you all right that's that's the ultimate goal we just have to be very clear okay because it isn't here's the other thing it isn't just about you're going you know well i can endure it and and i hope that's not the case okay i I remember sitting in church and going i'm not saying anything about this to anyone and i'm gonna hope that's not true all right. Have you ever done that before? Like, I, I am not doing this, okay? But here's the interesting thing is, is that's such a completely selfish focus because you want to know what ends up happening? Is when I'm not serious about this, you know who is hurt? My brothers and sisters get hurt, yeah. right? Because you know what? I don't want to talk about sin. Do you? When you've got stuff that's pent up, you want to know what comes out of our mouths? When we haven't been open, you want to know what comes out of our mouths? Well, I mean, no one's perfect. That's like the worst discipling technique ever. Like here, I need help with this thing that's killing me. Well, no one's perfect. But that's what you do and and I do and we do when sin is like harboring inside of us because we're like, well, if I really was truthful with you, 
I'd condemn myself. Okay, and so it's, it's that idea of like, man, this isn't just hurting me. It's hurting everyone around me. And think about it. Has anybody come to you and said, listen, let me be open about this. And, and, and what your ultimate response is, is to make them just feel better. All right. And, and that is that is absolute sin. OK, is the idea of I don't listen I don't want you to make me feel better when I'm talking about sin. I want you to help me repent of that sin. Okay? And so these these are the things we're going. Maybe they're little things, and you're just not willing to talk about them. Right? Then we're going to talk about, make it, we're not not talking about this big program that you do and all that kind of stuff. Um, Here's the other thing that comes out, is when we have things inside of us that are in the dark, and, and again, don't automatically go to big things. I'm talking about just your normal life that's missing the mark and you're not willing to talk and you're not thoughtful enough to talk about it. You know that builds up over time and you know what ends up happening? You just start bickering with your brothers and sisters. Truthfully, you're bickering because on the inside, you know, man, I, I don't feel great. And so everybody else, and you just feel like, dude, I'm just not close to people, and I'm just not all this. And, and it very well could just be sin that's been unconfessed and unrepented of. Yeah. Right? So here's the thing. W- without a PowerPoint, without ability for PowerPoint, I went old school and made copies. Okay? That's what I'm saying. I wish we had a Kinko's. I miss the Kinko, the Kinko life. Go ahead and pass that around. Dude, I love you. (laughs) Don't get me started, man. I always go on a tangent about that. This is 20-pound paper, by the way. Not worth it. Okay, but I had to buy it. So Um, so there there were three. This is not exhaustive. When you you get this, why don't you take a look at it? Uh, Three cycles of confession. Okay. Not exhaustive. You can look at this and go, no, I know other ones. I know all this. I just looked at it and said, you know what? I've tried all these. Okay? You add your own. Okay? Um, and uh, so looking through this, as, as we're digging into this, you can choose which one you enjoy most. What's going on in your life here, okay? There's these three models. One is the old-fashioned cover-yourself model. All right? Like, we've been talking about confession I don't want to be caught with somebody asking me about something and me not have done it. Okay? Little, little, little cycle here. So you're like, man, I got, you're sitting here. I got stuff in my life. I'm not open with anyone about anything. Like, I just talk about nothing, right? Okay, so if I want to feel better, what Keith's saying is if I want to feel better, I better confess. And so I better make sure I find the person that's not... That, that, I want to find the person who's really compassionate and empathetic. I want to find the guy who's the real disciple in the church, okay? Now, meaning somebody who's not going to challenge me, okay? I'm going to go find somebody, okay? And again, this is part of my autobiography, just so you know, okay? This is going to be in there. And then you get done. Man, I'm glad that's over with. Man, I don't feel better because anything's changed. I feel better because I've gone and done this thing that's been very painful and now I'm just like oh I feel so much better and then my life turns into rinse and repeat 
this cycle. And then confession becomes this thing. The only reason you feel better is because you're so scared to do it. You have this like adrenaline rush afterwards that you think is peace. Right? And you're going, oh, man, wow. This may be just your go-to, okay? And again, I wrote up here, continue this cycle until thoroughly discouraged and bitter. Because that's what happens with this. You just get in the point like Christianity doesn't work anymore. No, no. The problem isn't discipleship. The problem is like discipleship will will work. (laughs) This isn't discipleship, okay? Maybe it's this one. You got stuff. You're thinking, man, I got to get open. And maybe you're going, dude, I got this. I got this. No big deal. Okay. I'm going to try to change because I hear all the time about repentance. And I'm going to I'm try to change. Then I'm going to try to forget I did it and rinse and repeat again. And that might be the cycle of your life. Okay. I got this. I got this. I'm going to change. And that may even be seen. Maybe a brother or sister has come to you and said, hey, I noticed this thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. This is what I did and all this kind of stuff. And then a month later, it's again. And then a month later, it's again. And a month later, it's again. It's like, no, I got it. Right? It's this cycle that we've got to break because it has a form of godliness. No power. Here's the, here's the starting point, though. When we take this idea of discipleship, it's starting out with thoughtful and exa- a thoughtful examination and prayer of our life. Okay? Like thoughtfully examining, taking time and going, whoa. You know, now, obviously, if you just robbed a bank, that doesn't take much thought or prayer. You messed up, okay? You go talk to somebody about that, okay? But I'm talking about just, just normal life. Just think about this. When was the last time that happened? Where you've thoughtfully and prayerfully examined. Yeah. And you've looked and you're like, you know what? I, I miss the mark all the time. We admit that. But then if somebody would go, but where? Uh... Because without thoughtful examination and prayer, it's really difficult to even know where to start, right? Thoughtful examination and prayer. Hey, man, you want to know what? Start, find a buddy. (laughs) Okay? Hey, man, sit down. Can I talk about this? Here's the deal, Liz, is if if your buddy is telling you it's cool, it's okay, don't worry about it, okay? That's where you stop and go, maybe I should talk to someone else. But first thing, find a buddy. Sit down and go, hey, I've been thinking about this. I've wrote some things down. Can you help me work through this? Because this is some stuff in here that I need help with. Okay? Where there's confession and responsibility. Man, I did this. This isn't somebody else. I actually chose sin. I'm making it known and I'm, making, I'm taking responsibility. It's not, oh, man, if so-and-so hadn't done this and so-and-so hadn't done that, then I wouldn't have done this. And no, no, no. I chose this. And then here's the big change. Can you help me repent? I want to change. See, that's the big difference here is this idea of, man, can you walk with me and help me with this? I really don't want to stay the same in this area, okay? And then the final part is is that over time, we examine the outcome. What's being produced? Well, ever since I sat down with Mike and shared these thoughts that I had and I was prayerful and I examined my life and he helped me come to this level of repentance and all that kind of stuff. I'm just angry and bitter and just quarrelsome. <laughs> okay? That, that isn't an indication to stop. That's an indication to go, might need more light on that. 
Maybe there's more light that's needed, okay? You know what's beneficial about this too? It takes into consideration mental health. And that's important that we do this, okay? Because here's the deal. You get with a buddy and you're talking and you're going, this keeps happening over and over and over again. And, and you're going, wow, I don't know. Like, man, this is like you are literally trying your hard. You're doing every, you are trying to the best. And it's just like you keep hitting a wall. Then it's time to go, you know what? Maybe there's more help that's needed. Maybe it really, maybe, you know, there are mental health issues where you reach the end of yourself. And it's helpful to have a brother or sister going, you want to know what? You're just going to keep running into this wall. Let's go get other help. But it's really hard to make that determination if it doesn't begin with this. All right? If it doesn't begin this way. But that's where we have to help each other. This is what I love about this right here. Is it perfect? No. Um, but it helps us to remember um, that the normal production of our lives as disciples, the, the spiritual production should be joy and peace, and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control, and those things are just churned out by the Holy Spirit, and so when it's not happening, here's what I know in my life, when those things aren't happening, I've got to look and go, I'm missing the mark in places that are keeping this down. Let me talk about this. Let's sit down and talk about this, right? And then here's, here's the great thing, is when we're looking at this as freedom, when we're looking at this as health, when we're, looking at this as, when we're looking at something like confession and going, you know what, this is going to help the people sitting around me right now. This is going to help my family. This is going to help my roommates. I'm going to actually be able to give and contribute something. It takes on a little bit different life because it's outside of us, right? And just like last week when we ended with James, right? Confess your sins to one another so that you can be healed. All right, let's... let's Pay attention. Maybe this last week, this wasn't a part of your thought process. I want to encourage you, let it become that. Right? Because here's big picture. Let's pan back out. From what I read in the Bible, there is nothing greater than worshiping the king. Okay? When I read it from front to back, I'm going, hold on a minute. There's the greatest thing ever, and it's worshiping Jesus. Right? And then he's teaching us. Let me transform you into that. Let me help you with that. All right? And remembering, if we want to worship the king collectively, let's go, man, let's get this stuff out. Let's help each other do that as well.